Joe Hughes with the, with the National Truck Club with Taylor Steinberg. Dear, Joe Hughes, dear it's a pleasure to oh, meet and oh, visit with. Oh, I just, I, I was just telling one of our associates that I flew out to Quincy one time to pick up a truck and you said, Joe, have you ever heard of the Falkirk wheel? Do you remember that? Of course, of course. It's you a unique. It I've never forgotten that. Very unique. That you ought to go see it sometime if you ever get, to, uh, yeah. ever get to Scotland. Yeah. So yeah. now, today, we're, Napite is going, celebrating their 175th uh, year in business, 175, one, can't, can't believe it. Anyway, and uh, Taylor wasn't here at the, at the start, but he was uh, here. He was here quite a quite a few years uh, hence, and uh, he's he's here to it kind of. You're my museum curator, I think. Well, yeah. I'll do my best job right. that I possibly can <laughs> to share with you what we have in the industry here that we started with in 1848. That's right, 175 years ago, we started the Napide Manufacturing Company with Heinrich Napide, who immigrated from Germany left there in 1845, sailed to New Orleans, came up the river to St. Louis, found his bride, and then moved on to Quincy and developed the Napide Wagon Company. So from that point, they built wagons for a number of years, and we have one of those over 100-year-old wagons right here behind me for all to see and share and look at the details that we use to build these products. It has a couple unique items of interest to the entire transportation industry. One is, and that is the width of the commercial truck frames, Joe, that run from class four through class eight. Mm -hmm. The truck frame width on every one of those trucks is the same width as the single tree on this wagon. It is 34 inches wide from pull point to pull point. Why would it be 34 inches wide? The south end of a Percheron or a Clydesdale draft horse, it takes that width for the pulling points on the harness to pull this wagon. So this is 34 inches wide, the same exact width of those trucks built years and years later, and they all happen to be 34 inches today. Is there a coincidence that that is the same digit, no, 34 inches? So maybe it's a carryover from that transportation yeah, industry. Yeah, very well be. And then we have another item unique on this that we've become very used to calling what's on this wheel, that is a wooden wheel circled with a steel ring. So the wooden wheel is made of a wooden hub, wooden spokes, and some wooden around the perimeter. And we make this steel ring to fit the wheel. But there's a few secrets. We heat it up for 45 minutes in a wood fire, and it becomes one inch larger in size. Two operators lay it on the wheel as the wheel is lying flat on the construction platform. Leave it there, and it cools and shrinks that one inch and tightens the wheel. The term we use to describe that technique is tiring, T-I-R-I-N-G. So what is the name of the steel ring? The steel ring is the tire that we have translated into what we drive on our cars today, the tire. <laughs> so this is the tire, better known as the tire. Sure. This 100-year-old unit built by Napid and their plant sometime, probably late 1800s, I'm sure, sufficed to fit the transportation needs of the era. Tall wheels in the front were ideal for farm. It had 
all wood construction except for the skeins. The skeins are the hub on which you mount the wheel and you put on this square nut and you tighten it with oh my the gosh. wagon hammer or wheel wrench. And if you're working on your wagon, you take this out in case the horses wanted to move, they could move a little without pulling the wagon off the jack that was sure. holding the wheel up under repair. Now there is another term that I'm sure most people in the industry have heard. And Joe, have you ever heard of the term making the nut? Yes. Making the nut. From mm -hmm. an accounting point of view, yes. you paid off the debt you owed. Yeah, you and made the, the nut. term was you made the nut. Yep. So when Joe Hughes and his five wagon train of circus performers pulled into Chico, California, they would park, the sheriff would come over and tell you, get your wagons parked, that how much are you going to pay the city of Chico for performing a circus here for five days? Well, let's agree on $500. That was back in the late 1800s. Yeah, yeah. Many $500 would be plenty. So the sheriff comes, takes the wheel wrench, takes the nut off of the hub and takes it back to the sheriff's department. And when you come, when the circus is closed and finished, you take him, they agreed on $500 cash. He <laughs> will give you the nut in return. Thus, you made the nut. A popular term in current times, when you make the nut, you've paid off your obligation. That is amazing. So anyway, we do That's a amazing. lot of mechanical engineering on this. Yes, it is painted with some fine lead and linseed oil oh, paint. Yeah, yeah. This is an original wagon and nothing has been changed on it except shortening the tongue to fit onto a tractor drawbar because it was used after the horse business was gone oh and my. they used it to yeah. pull around the tractor. So we use that to put the nut on or take it off. Make the nut. And of course this side is left-handed thread and this side is right-handed thread right? so it will always tighten continuously. Okay. Yeah, amazing. Amazing, right? Right hand so, and left hand. Threads. Yeah, it's a unique solution to transportation requirements. When I was a child in the four to five year old range, I would ride with my father in the wagon, pulled by horses, and he would shuck corn one ear at a time with a shucking peg and shuck two rows of corn at a time. It served the needs of the industry and did a beautiful job of launching Napite into the transportation solutions that they bring to the market today. Yeah, yeah. What else can I add, Joe? I don't know, I'm just, I, I, this is just such a, this is really artist, artistry, isn't it? Boy, it's artistry at the finest. Ultimate engineering? Uh, ultimate engineering, they even did ironing. The ironing term on this wagon is the iron on top of all vertical wood surfaces. Oh yeah, sure. To allow that to withstand throwing stuff in and out or pulling a log chain out. Or right setting a tree trunk on it to yeah. move or whatever. Yeah, yeah, protected. With that, let's go to the next generation let's of transportation. Do let's do that. And it's called the Model TT. Model TT, all right. All right, all right, tell me what, what were we looking at here, Taylor? Okay, we have a 1924 model, Model TT. This is the truck version because it has a one ton cargo carrying capacity and they called it the TT, not just the T, right. but the TT. Uh -huh. The T being the truck, 
It had a worm gear differential, it had heavier suspension, and it had all the attributes that you would need to transport commodities, okay. including the wooden bed of adequate size, built of wood, primarily white oak, because that was a sustainable wood at the time, yeah. very tough, would hold up to the pressures involved with loading this down. So when you went into the dealer, he was going to ask you $325 for this wagon, for this truck, this TT, as it sits. So Napide was one of the authorized builders of the cab, which we built in its entirety. And this cab is still original from 1924. Is that right? Except for the roof that needed a little TLC. Uh -huh. So we replaced the cab. So Next. this was like a strip chassis? This, it's it came shipped, with just a steering wheel? It comes wheel. with a box and a steering wheel. You sit on the box and drive it around the yard, uh -huh. but then we build the cab and I put see. in the seat. Wow. Ah. And then we build the wooden truck bed on the back yeah. to fit the needs of the commodities they were mm -hmm. hauling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we were able to build various types of these, everything from school bus hauling yeah. to cargo hauling to corn and soybean hauling or other small grain. So you were the primary upfitter for Ford the, Motor Company. The unique, yes, we were a primary upfitter wow. for the Model TT. The other unique thing about this is it has a gravity flow fuel tank to the carburetor. It works beautiful on flat country like we're in now. <laughs> However, in Calhoun County, where I grew up, we have hills 300 feet high. You stop at the bottom of the hill and turn the truck around and back up the hill so it would not run out of See. fuel. <laughs> so as a result, it's a unique situation. Yeah. You adapt the resources you have to, to the make reality. It work in your situation you have. Yeah, yeah. So you learned how to back up trucks a back lot. Back up trucks a lot. Yeah. But nonetheless, and when you crank the engine, you put the thumb on the outside of the crank, because if it backfires, it'll constantly break your thumb. So you crank it from the hand, thumb is on the outside, going like this. Wow, I didn't know that. So as a matter of safety, you crank it correctly, and you perhaps have heard of pinning the ears back on your Model T or Model TT. You advance the spark and the mixture, peel the ears back and you make it go just a little faster. Peel the ears back. Thus, my grandfather drove this around the farm, around the grape arbor, and to transportation to and from town with commodities yeah. as needed. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. So life is great <laughs> yeah. for Ford, life is great for the Model TT. Yes, yes. And one other little addendum to this. Henry Ford built the Model T automobile in 1907, was the first year. Okay. Because he was so weight conscious, he put an aluminum hood on the Model T to keep the weight below 2,000 pounds. You, of course, knew that from a Ford expert. Of course, yes, of course. And that's the story of the Model T that made the lives of a lot of farm folks and other people transporting goods very successful. Yeah, right. Wow. wow. We're Aluminum there. Hood. What, next, what, what do we have next? We have a 1955 Napide Chevrolet 6400 with a 12-foot C-model Napide farm bed. All right, let's do that. Let's do it. All right.
Joe, we're here at the 1955 Chevrolet 6400 yes, sir. with a Napa 12-foot grain body with 12-inch tip-tops yep. to fit the needs of hauling corn and soybeans and sugar baits and anything else that you would need to haul yeah. as a farm commodity. Yeah. So what do we do with this? We put this on a truck from any age that you have. In fact, the first one that I had activity with was a 1948. I was four years old, and my father bought one of these in 1948 for use on our coin, corn, soybean, and hog and cattle farm in Calhoun County, Illinois. So nonetheless, curved corners, protruding pocket, it's a C model with lights on each corner, wood floor, form cross sills, structural long sills, mm -hmm. with or without a hoist. Ours, of course, did have a hoist. And it was a Heil model, scissors hoist at the time. It was on eight and a quarter rubber, just like it is here. Yeah. It was like a one-ton Chevrolet 84CA and fit very well into our farming operation. Yeah. We hauled all of those commodities on here. We hauled a lot of livestock to the National Stockyards in St. Louis. And when we hauled our hogs to market, we used a vented green side with cavities in here to allow air to flow through there when the hogs were in there because they got really hot in these in the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. So with that, we have one more thing on this truck that's unique. This truck has no underwrite protection, no ICC bumper, and formerly called the Mansfield bumper. The Mansfield bumper was created by the Department of Transportation and other safety gurus when Jane Mansfield and two of her adult friends ran under this and lost their life on that impact. The children in the rear seat were asleep and they were able to retain and stay alive through that and they are currently TV stars on various TV shows today. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So it's a unique situation. But it was called, is named after Jane Mansfield. It was ma called for years the Mansfield Underride. Yeah. And the DOT turned it into ICC, ICC. or yeah. Underride Protection. Sure. With severe criteria on dimensions and yeah. positioning. Yeah, right. So, nonetheless, it took care of a lot of folks in the agricultural industry. Yeah. We being dependent upon agriculture. And the unique thing, two years later, when I was six years old, I was required to drive this in the hay field, putting up hay bales because I was not strong enough to throw hay bales. I looked over the dash and under the steering wheel to drive in the hay field. History tells us you have to be diversified and take lots of responsibility in early age. Yep. Yep. And that concludes our C model platform. That's great. And all the attributes that it brings to That's the agricultural great. industry. That's great. What's, what are we going to do next? We're going to do a heritage service body designed and built in 1971 specifications. Great. So we'll tell take you a, about that when we get to the service body. Okay. Awesome. At the next stage of the history booth here at the Napide Manufacturing yep. booth at the NTEA, yep. we have a 1971 vintage Napide service body on a Chevrolet C10 chassis. Yep. If we look at ancient literature from years ago, you'll find this very design in the literature that we promoted in the introduction of Napide service bodies. A little bit of history. 
1968, Harold W. Napide III, generation number five with the Napide Manufacturing Company, graduated from the University of Kansas and started to work for his father, Bud, who was also Harold W. Napide III. Okay. So nonetheless, as a result, Bud says we need to get in and diversify our product because farm bodies will all change one of these days. But let's diversify into service bodies. So we designed and built service bodies starting with production in the early 1970s. And the model we're looking at is a 1971 model 696 service body. So we dug out the pencil drawing prints from the archives. Ah. We converted them digitally to use with current manufacturing equipment. Uh -huh. We cut out all of the parts so precise as we could get them. And then we hired a group of retirees from years ago that used to weld these together. Oh my gosh. So they came in and assisted us in correct assembly yeah. of this unit to fit the needs of the display we have here at the yeah. NTEF. Yeah, oh, this is great. So yeah. it has all the attributes that Napide had available in the features and benefits that they built. It doesn't have door retainers. It doesn't have door seals. It has a bolt-type striker that is solid and is not a rotary latch like we use today. Okay. But it's exactly the one that we use to get us started into the service body industry. And we've enjoyed that industry, continue to building more and more market share through the years. Mm -hmm. And we finished 2022 at 55% of the service body market in North America. How much? 55%. And we're very honored to have accomplished that. And the reason we were able to do that is because we have created the solutions customers need yeah. to fit the needs of their operation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as long as we can do that, take care of the customer's needs and what they need to do to be profitable, then we can continue to be successful. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Taylor, I've enjoyed can't thank this. you enough. And the museum is here, and right. I came out of retirement to talk I'm for so, three days I'm so glad you did. about products on which I have had experience. The 12-foot farm body, the Model T of my grandfather's, yep. and the wagon that I rode in with my father pulled by a team of horses to shuck corn one ear at a time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.